Welcome to episode 1052 of The Sleeper and the Bust. I am Justin Mason, joined as always on Sundays by Jason Collette. Jason, how you doing? Greetings, one and all. I've missed you. I know. You, the host, you, the listener. Uh, it's great to be uh, back here connected now that we're both healthy and mm-hmm. schedules are aligned and, and mothers have been celebrated. Here we are. Yes, yes. We have we have celebrated the mothers. We have gotten back off the uh, IL uh, and we are ready to go and talk uh, a bunch of two-start pitchers. We're going to talk a little bit of fab too. Uh, so it's going to be a jam-packed episode, but let's start with some news uh, and uh, kind of discuss the you know news that happened this morning. Um, Jesus Lazardo is being put on the IL with a forearm strain. This is a bummer. Uh, those people who uh, were big on Lazardo coming into the year looked like they were being rewarded because he was pitching fairly well, getting a lot of strikeouts and not destroying your ratios. Uh, but it sounds like he's going to miss at least a little bit of time, and the dreaded forearm strain always is uh, a worrisome uh, precursor to Tommy John. Um, what are you doing with Lazardo? Are you holding on to him? And then who do you think comes up? Uh, there's been a lot of talk about Max Meyer, uh, who's been pitching well in the minor leagues, uh, but they need someone tomorrow. I'm crying is what I'm doing because I have three different leagues where I have Lazardo, so I'm crying. That That's what hurts because I, I was really liked what I saw at the end of last season. You know, got to pick him up on the cheap at a number of places and, yeah. Boom. Uh, so tomorrow they're calling up, uh, not calling up, but they're putting Cody Poteet in the rotation, which makes sense because he's been their long guy out of the pen. He's pitched really well, uh, too. I just don't know if he's the two-star guy this week. You know, as you said, there's been a lot of clamoring for Max Meyer, but Max Meyer just pitched on the 12th. We're recording this on the 15th. There was no way he was available tomorrow or even the next day. So maybe Poteet gets this outing and Max Meyer gets the weekend with Poteet uh, following him. Um, in that game. So that's kind of how I see it playing out. I don't know what's left for Max Meyer to do down in AAA, uh, but that's how I see that situation playing out. So, uh, you know, for those folks who are like, I cannot believe it's another pitcher not named Max Meyer being called up on the Marlins, uh, you know, think of it long term and not just Monday. There was no chance he was coming up Monday. But if you've been sitting on him, holding him, it, it, may, now, it may now happen. As far as Lazarda goes, I want to see. What the yeah you know forearm strain? I'm trying to think who are some of the other guys that we've had recently that have had that, um, and we're still sitting around waiting. Uh, uh, well, it's probably a good uh, a good good slash bad example. Um, but Hyunjin Ryu's just came back. Um, yeah, and he looked so, good yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean so, he's a guy that might be uh, you know is a good example of guys who can come back and be fine. I just always hate this. Like the, this is you know the potential that they're going to miss the rest of the season is uh, uh, always huge. I wasn't in on those artists. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not ready to cut loose. Yeah. Not ready to cut loose yet, but it's like, it's, it's, it's going to be a week, week to week decision. Yeah. I think you're going to, I think you hold on to them for right now in most formats. If you're playing in a format without an IL, it's really, really difficult to Ross those guys, especially if there's kind of an open-ended return date. Uh, I, I mean, petite, I don't know that I, want to stream him necessarily it's it's not a bad matchup against washington but um uh i think i would take a would are you if you're in a league where you can pick up minor league players so not nfbc um are you stashing meyer right now yeah if he wasn't already i I doubt he wasn't out there i would push back on the nationals matchup because they actually do put up some runs they also give up a bunch uh but you know i don't want poteet because honestly i don't see him going deep enough into the game for a win uh he probably pitches three or four innings tops may get the strikeouts but even though poteet is getting that started even if he gets two starts this week i still don't want poteet neither matchups great uh for him uh, yeah. So I'm I'm out on him this week, but if I have the opportunity to, if, if Max Meyer is available, sure, um, I'll go ahead and take that because it's got to be just a matter of, you would have to think, it's, it's just a matter of days before they make that call. Yeah, I uh, I would agree. I think he, he like I said, there's not much left to prove for him in the minor leagues. It's time to get him up. And, and usually they're a pretty uh, aggressive organization. In terms of bringing guys up, we saw it with with uh, Sixto Sanchez, um, some of the other guys that they're willing to kind of bring those guys up and let them 
you know, learn under fire in, in, uh, in the majors. So I think now's the time to uh, pick up Meyer and stash him if he is available in your league. Uh, Michael Pineda broke his finger. He's going to be out for an extended period of time. Uh, this makes him droppable in most formats, right? Oh, yeah, even AL. I mean, honestly, he was, and we'll talk a little bit more about this, You know, he was the worst supported starter by run support in baseball. Tigers have had uh, massive trouble scoring runs. Sorry, Paul. Uh, and Pineda was getting the worst run support in the baseball uh, and somehow he still had a win uh, at, out of five starts, but he's going to be out a while in this one. So drop and, and maybe come back later uh, and hope he doesn't gain another 30 pounds while on the IL because that boy is looking large these days. There was a yeah. matchup the other day I was watching a game. Was it Pineda versus Vogelbach? And I was like, oh, my God, this is like two nose tackles up there. Uh, it was they were large. I, uh, Pineda has, has really, really added on some size this year. Yeah, I was uh, I was surprised. I watched his first start of the year, and I was like, "Whoa, that w- that's not the shape I was expecting necessarily." But <laughs> who am I to judge? <laughs> um, Jumbo uh, Diaz making a comeback. Wait, whoops, wrong guy. <laughs> right. Uh, Manny Margot's hitting the IL with a hamstring strain. I think this is uh, was kind of expected uh, after getting injured. Um, are you holding on to Margot, who showed some flashes this year of being a really interesting, useful player? Yeah, he's played so well, too. And what, the, what they've tried to do is they've tried to, uh, you know, they had him DHing for a couple of days. He even played yesterday and singled, uh, but he just has not been able to, uh, to Russell so Hill, like get on base. And they've pinch ran for him. Uh, so it's like he can still hit and, and singles, but they couldn't, he couldn't play in the field. And eventually it's like, okay, now you're going to go hit the 10-day IL. Uh, and so I haven't looked at their schedule to see if it, next week's a five-day week and they were just kind of waiting for this, uh, for an opportunity, because they've, they've been on this run where they're, they've had no day off. They've had one day off. They just came back off a 10-day road trip. Uh, now they've got, you know, they've got Toronto to finish out this weekend, then they've got Detroit coming in next. Then they have, you know, then they go on the road. I believe they're going to Yankee Stadium this coming weekend. Uh, so I think they were trying to play around with that, but it was clear that all he could do was hit, and it's just really tough to carry somebody. So they called up Ralph Garza Jr. Um, you know, for today, for now. Uh, I don't know what that'll mean for next steps. I think in the immediate future, uh, I, unfortunately, I guess it's more playing time for Brett Phillips. But man, he is—he's striking out a ton, uh, and he gets Alec Manoa today, which should be fun, uh, and, and the deadly slider that just ate them up last year. So. We'll see how all that goes, but in the in the short term, I think that's where the um, the playing time is going to go for better or for worse. And uh, but yeah, I got to keep Margot because he's he's hit well, he's stealing bases, mm-hmm. uh, getting on base, doing everything that we've that we've always hoped he would do. Because let's not forget, and I made this point on the SiriusXM uh, show yesterday that you know at one point he was a top fifty overall prospect uh, back yeah. when that would have put him in the uh, the Phillies organization before they traded him to San Diego and I forgot the piece they got uh, in that but you know he was a top fifty prospect and so the pedigree had always been there but then uh, the opportunities he hadn't made the most of his opportunities and now you know now you got a two year deal just before the start of this season um, and he's rewarding the club for the for the good play so it's I'm hoping it's just ten days because again. Yeah, they, they were able to avoid the deal. He didn't do anything yesterday in Washington game to exacerbate the issue. It was just eventually they were like, okay, you know, we've got to just get him off his legs completely for this thing to heal in time. He was actually part of the Red Sox organization. He was traded in sorry. He was traded in the Kimbrel deal. Um uh but yeah, he was he was a top, I want to say top 30 prospect at one point. Um, especially in fantasy because of stolen base potential. Um, yeah, I mean, I've always been a Manny Margot guy. I'm holding on to him and hoping. Uh, they have a six-game week um, with uh, – they, they have, let's see, it looks like Detroit and then at Baltimore. Um, but they also have two days off in the next eight days. So uh, you that's, go. you know, ho- hopefully he can uh, make it back after that. So uh, definitely would try to hold on to him. If you can, especially because that's on base potential, a guy that I don't think you need to hold on to if you were even rostering him at all. Uh, Mauricio Dubon, my Giants trade him 
to the Astros for kind of a, I think a 27 year old catcher um, who's hitting 215 at AAA. Uh, so, in it, it, Interesting deal that the Giants uh, got rid of Dubon. They also brought in Stuart Fairchild uh, in a different trade, uh, I believe, with uh, Seattle. Um, any interest in Dubon now that he is in Houston? No, I mean, the only immediate interest is because Jeremy Payne is a little dinged up. Jose Altuve's back is a little dinged up. They did send down Nico Goodrum uh, to make this to make move for Dubon on the roster. It gives them an experienced pinch hitter off the bench. Uh only in the deepest of formats, and if one of those aforementioned guys got hurt, uh, would I have any interest? But this is this is bench depth for a real baseball club, and not something uh, for has any fantasy relevance unless some other dominoes fall out of the way. Yeah, and Dubon was out of options. Tommy Listello is working his way back. The Giants are starting to get healthy, um, and so they. I think this move probably would have happened at the start of the season had they been healthy to start the year, but they weren't. They didn't have guys like Longoria and Wade and uh, and Listella. And But now that these guys are all coming back, they, they had to make room. So uh, I don't think this has really any impact in terms of, like even Ale only, I don't, I don't think Dubon really figures much into it. I think this is just infield depth for right now. Uh, Blake Snell is slated to return on Wednesday. Are you excited? Or are you getting him back in your lineups? I have them anywhere. Uh, I did not, uh, but I know a lot of people did, and a lot of people were were heavily uh, invested. I would say one thing to it's not going to happen right out of the gate, but you know one thing to keep in mind. And I know Bob Melvin's uh, you know away from the team right now, recovering from uh, surgery. But you know we talked. I think we talked about this over the winter, where Bob Melvin loves his starting pitchers and loves to let his starting pitchers work deep in the games, uh, and that's been something Snell has wanted to do. Uh, but the stats have said you shouldn't. Uh, but you know now he's going to be with a manager or at least a coaching staff who has the philosophy of letting their starting pitchers run. San Diego leads the league in starting pitchers that have outings of 100-plus pitches. Meanwhile, Atlanta and Minnesota have zero. They have yet to do that. But San Diego's there, but Oakland was there. I think Oakland was first or second last year under Melvin. So keep that in mind as we go along with Snell. Because uh, again, he's always said he wants to work deeper into games, but either his pitch inefficient, his pitch count inefficiency, um, or the you know you leave him out there and he gets blasted uh, times through the order penalty because it has not been kind to him. Uh, you know that is that has gotten in the way. So just something to keep in mind with him as he builds up his his stamina now that he's you know six weeks behind everybody else, or actually he's not pitching until the middle of the seventh scoring period. Uh, so. I'm not excited yet, but I want to see how that plays out uh, for him. Obviously, you know, if you're hurting for strikeouts, you want him. And if he's got the opportunity to do that, sure. And hopefully, you know, you've used uh, you know this past five weeks, not this week, but the previous five weeks have set enough of a foundation uh, of good ratios to help absorb some of that. Because um, while we're on that topic, like offensively, the first home run, so we're recording this, you know, Sunday at noon, uh, right? The first home run that gets hit today sets – the new high water mark for home runs in a scoring period this week. It was 179 home runs two weeks ago, and it took uh, 7,030 plate appearances to get to 179 home runs. We are at 1,000 fewer plate appearances this week, and we have the same amount of home runs. Uh, mm. Now, that could be a lot of pitching staffs gotten with, with the COVID cancellations, with with rainouts, with some of the weather. You know, all of those things could have come in mind, but if we – we had got to the same home run total with a thousand fewer plate appearances. And Oh, by the way, the league wide batting average jumped 17 points week over week. And the strikeout rate went down from, you know, it went down when I looked at it yesterday, it went down from 22.4 to 21.5%. So we're this week seeing some movement in offense. And then even like yesterday, I tweeted that yesterday morning. And then during the day games yesterday, as Joe Sheehan likes to call it, it looked like premier league scoring one, nothing, I'm oh, sorry, one nil, 2-0, 3-1, and then the night game saw a little bit of explosion of offense. But, you know, on the whole, it's been a very down season offensively. But this particular week, we've seen – we finally have seen a spike in offense. And I you know, don't ask me to, to find a cause. You know, did somebody pull a lever and something changed? Maybe. Uh, you know, it's it's not just – I even went back and looked over at some of the other similar scoring periods over similar dates – 
Uh, and go check my Twitter feed. You can see some of it from yesterday. But uh, I don't know what's causing it, but this week we're seeing a change. And it just bears watching as we get in the next week. Does it go back down? And then we could say, okay, it was just changing of staffs and disruptions. Or are we finally going to see some offense uh, after five weeks of a lot of games? Yeah, I'll be interested to see. I, th- I think it's obviously a too small of a sample uh, so far to kind of draw any major conclusions from it. The weather is starting to heat up in places. Um, I know it was it was 87 degrees here in Northern California yesterday. Uh, which I was, was by the fire pit three times this week, though. Here, it's, here it hasn't heated up. It's kind of weird. But now we finally, it's finally going to heat up in Charlotte this week. We're going to get into the 90s. Uh, but it has been unseasonably cool in the mid-Atlantic, that whole region. Uh, you know, that, that's what's been weird. And it's been super windy, uh, too. Maybe I don't know which way the wind's been blowing, but I noticed over this past week we've had a lot of wind. Uh, it, it, honestly, it's felt like March here, and here we are in the middle of May. Yeah, it it uh, it had been actually pretty cold and temperate for um, the uh, this kind of time of year uh, out here, but uh, it, it's it has decided to take a turn for the hot uh, recently. Blake, back to Blake Snell, real quick. He is at Philadelphia for this start. Sure. Are you starting him for that? Uh, that I'm going to pass on, and I'm going to I'm going to mm-hmm. bring up something that somebody, uh, my friend Glenn, shared with me because it was an insane number. 29% of the runs that Dodgers have given up all season came in the last three games against Philly. And those games were in LA. Uh, and so like LA had been uh, not historic, but like far and above the rest of the league and run and league and run prevention. And then the Phillies went out and just laid it on them. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm going to skip Snell this week mm. in Philly against a lineup that's got that kind of heat going right now, and, and let's wait until next week. I'm normally a guy that lets the, the benches a, a guy first start back anyhow. Um, yeah, I know we mentioned Ryu. Ryu just came off the IL yesterday, looked good in his outing against Tampa Bay. Um, so that was the exception, but I'm trying to think of another guy recently that came off of like, oh, I'm putting him in and he got blasted. I'm like, why did I break my own rule? I typically let that guy, you know, that first start, let somebody up, let it go, and then jump back in afterwards. Yeah, I'm – uh, I, I'm deaf. I've got Snell in a few spots, and I think I'm going to be. At first, I was like, "Oh, sweet! I'm glad he's back. I, I need, I need pitching, especially in in one of those leagues." But uh, against Philadelphia, in Philadelphia, um, no, no thanks. Not not with the way they're swinging the bat. So, um, last piece of news: Steven Strasburg throws a two inning sim game. Uh, he was uh, kind of sitting at 92 miles an hour. Do we care? No, he's good in sim leagues. If you're in a sim league, you can turn off injury and like play with do and have fun with it. But no, I'm I'm done. Uh, and I know the, the unfortunately the Nationals aren't because they still owe him 160 something million dollars over the next few years, and so it's got to happen. Um, no, sorry. Mm-hmm. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll eat it. Uh, I'll take the huge L on there. But right now, the huge L is on the Nationals. I'd rather be wrong and not have him on my team than have him on my team and be wrong. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I, I I I'm with you until we see him back and throwing a fair amount of healthy innings. I'm there's no chance. I'm I'm not going to be dealing with it at all. All right, let's uh, let's move into some fab. Uh, it's not a big fab weekend. Uh, there are a couple guys that were available in some leagues last week that we'll talk about uh, that maybe weren't picked up yet, but that should be. But first, let's talk about the Rays bullpen. Me and Paul talked about uh, this a little bit, and I was like, you know, I'm going to talk to Jason on Sunday. What do you make of this bullpen? Kittredge, I don't know if he looks right right now. Uh, I know Jason Adam got a save the other day. Who who would you be banking on, or is there a person even to bank on in this Rays bullpen? Yeah, so let's see. I'm going through our group text the other night. And what did I send you guys? Uh, yeah, this is, this is why it came up. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think. I was trying to look at it. I was like, line up your options behind Kittredge. He doesn't look right. He gave up the uh, he gave up the home run to Taylor Ward. Like, who hasn't done that, right? Uh, but he gave up the home run to Ward, and then he gave up the other home run in Seattle. Um, I forgot the guy hit Seattle. He's given up two home runs uh, with it, but. Then, you know, then he comes in on Friday night with first and second and one 
out against gets Vlad into a double play to end the rally and, and the Rays go on to win the game. Uh, so he's able to do that. So it, it's kind of, it's been hitting the, the thing about him, uh, about Kittredge that I've noticed is he's not as whiffy with a slider right now. And that's been his recipe for success is pound the strike zone, throw nothing straight and get guys to expand the zone. But he has not been as whiffy with a slider. I don't have his whiff rates uh, you know, by week or anything handy, but I test. This is what's been happening. I know that Brooks Rayleigh came in and got two or three say uh, two saves um, on the road trip. But understand, Brooks Rayleigh almost forgot he was on the team because his usage had been so low uh, coming into that. And even the, the writers at one point were like, "Hey, what's up with Brooks?" You know, Brooks was here to quote Shawshank, uh, and then it's like he hadn't been around. Um, and then he comes in, and he gets two saves in four days after that. Uh, and then he comes in uh, and then couldn't get anybody out, which is why Kittredge had to come into the game uh, on Friday night because uh, really failed to retire a hitter. And so when you look on this, and then Adam finished off that game on Friday night after Kittredge had done his work, but Kittredge only threw like six pitches um, to get uh, to do what he did. But that's been the other point about it, too. And they've mentioned on the broadcast that uh, he typically does not. Uh, you know, he's had some issues when he's worked back-to-back innings. Uh, so when he's had a chance down, coming back out, he hasn't done as well. And so uh, perhaps that was the, you know, the why he did not come back out for the ninth. So Jason Adam picking up the save makes him the fourth different pitcher to get a save between Ryan Thompson, uh, who just doesn't belong in the ninth inning, uh, Rayleigh, Kittredge, and Adam. Uh, so but they're not even first. We'll talk about that. Uh, they're not even the team with the most uh, relievers with one save. So I'm still sticking with Kittredge, but I'm not like all in, whole hog, full believer uh, in it because he's shown some hiccups here of late. And so if I can get like I have Adam in a couple leagues and we've talked about him uh, on this podcast mm-hmm. early on, how the team really liked his stuff when they made the trade for him. And so I, I like what I see there, but really. Uh, would still have matchups like if I, I fast forward to this coming weekend. I mentioned the Razor in Yankee Stadium. Uh, you know, I could see Brooks Rayleigh coming in for the save if Anthony Rizzo was at the plate. You know, but if it's it's Judge and Stanton, it could be Adam if Kittredge has already been utilized in that kind of case. So that's where that's how I see things uh, moving forward. Yeah, this is why I try to stay away from the Rays bullpen. Uh-huh. It makes my head hurt. Um, and there was no discount, and there was no discount on Kittredge coming into the season. People were like, "He's no. going to be the guy." So it's not like it's not like you were, um, you know, missing out on anything because there was no discount coming uh, with him coming into the year. Yeah, no, there he he was still full priced, even though we know we know what the Rays like to do, right? The Rays like to go with the most effective reliever in any particular spot. You know, maybe one guy does lead their bullpen, but it's it's not a thirty save guy. It's maybe a twenty save guy, um, and I yeah. just I'm not pay- not paying up for that. And I told you this off air. Here we are. You know, here we are, six weeks into the season, and the only team who has one reliever with all of their saves is the Washington Nationals and T- Tanner Ra- uh, Rainey. Every other team, even Cleveland, has two guys with saves. Uh, so it's like the league is is sharing these saves around. I'm looking at. Um, there are at least there are 22 of the 30 teams in the league have at least three relievers with saves this year. Mm-hmm. Now, some of them may be the you know garbage saves, you know up three runs type of thing, but saves have been widely distributed this year. Yeah. Um, next uh, bullpen situation um, that I wanted to bring up. It may be a moot point now because uh, Gregory Soto came in had a nice clean outing got the save last night um he's not looked great necessarily uh at times to start the season and michael fulmer had been really really great um and i think just gave up his first runs of the season any any interest in kind of maybe taking a spec shot on fulmer in case soto soto's it up yeah, you know, I it, it's Jekyll and Hyde with Soto, and I have Fulmer in two leagues, and I also have Soto in two leagues, and only one of them do I have them both. Uh, so with Soto, and I watched the game on Friday night, it was you know, he comes in and hits the first two batters of the appearance, uh, and he and what they were were yank sliders, uh, and so that the thing is, he was it, he could not locate a slider, uh, and so nobody was swinging at it. Uh, and then his fastball was all over the place. So literally every, this would have been, I forgot who they were playing, but they basically just sat there like, I'm not even swinging. 
not even going to swing. Uh, and then he, and then they brought him out and they brought Will Vested and Vest got the save. And so, uh, but there's been previous outings like this. If you've had Soto all year, you've seen where like he can look absolute trash and then the next mm-hmm. game come out and get the job done. That said, getting the job done the other night still required 21 pitches. Um, so he threw 18 on Friday night, then he bounced back with 21 last night, and he had 27 on Wednesday. So, you know, if there's a save opportunity today as you're listening to this, it's not going to be Soto. Uh, I don't see how they pull him in for this. Fulmer has not pitched the last two games, so it will likely be Fulmer um, for that case. But just because you see something happen today doesn't mean, okay, Soto's out of the job. Understand, he has lift, done some heavy lifting three of the past four days, good or bad. Um, so I continue to hedge my bets, uh, I, and that's why I've carried Fulmer on the bench and some of that just in case. I, I, I went into those uh, drafts looking for the Detroit saves, uh, and so in one league I got both guys. Uh, and I, I'm not, I haven't cut either, but yes, Soto is definitely one of those guys that you just don't watch. You have him on your team, you're like, just please get the save. Just don't watch it because if you this, watch it, you're like, I'm out. I'm cutting him right now. This is why I can't draft him. Is because I, I I watch the games and I go, oh no, this is not. Well, at least he has a pitch for your favorite team. I mean, could you imagine that hell? Oh <sighs> man, just the hell of being a Tigers fan, just in general, is. Uh, I mean, they're eleven in twenty three right now. They're the worst team in the AL Central, which is the worst division in baseball. Setting themselves so, up for that Ben Joyce one one draft pick, right? There you go. Uh, Let's talk about the one you kind of alluded to that's used the most amount of uh, relief pitchers to get a save this year. That is the Boston Red Sox. So if you think the Tigers are bad, oh, man, the Red Sox, what are they doing right now? They're 13-20. and They are 11 games out this early in the season. Uh, I am highly invested at this point in Hansel Robles, but I was debating dropping those shares because it's been about three weeks since he got his last save. What are you doing in that Boston bullpen? Yeah, so they, they lead the league. They have six different pitchers with saves. Six, Barnes, Deakman, Robles, uh, Schreiber, Strom, and Whitlock. Um, out of those six, Schreiber, I, you know, that's a one and done. Matt Barnes looks like trash. I mean, we just we just trashed Greg Soto. Matt Barnes is like a, a half mm-hmm. a step above him, so out. Um, you know, Deakman people have already had him, but you know, I, I continue to see Strom on the free agent pile, and, and Strom has looked good when I've seen him pitch. Uh, and you know, there were, it wasn't too long ago we were trying to we were trying to wish cast him into the closer role in San Diego, uh, and so but you know Deakman and Strom's a little weird with the with both lefties, but Strom actually throws strikes on a consistent basis, and Deakman struggles to do that. Uh, I have Robles in AL Talent, and I believe one other league, and I get to let him go because he still pitches well. But like you said, it's it's a matter of opportunity. But we just, you know, five minutes ago, we're talking about how Brooks Raley had kind of disappeared, then came back in and got two saves in four days uh, because the skills were there. It's just, you know, Boston's not good. I mean, we've got three teams with with their 10-plus games out of first. Cincinnati, we expected. Washington, maybe. And the Red Sox. Those are your three teams that are double digits out of first place. Uh, and so the, he hasn't had that many opportunities because the team hasn't afforded them that many opportunities. And they have, what, 11 wins and six different saves um, so I would, you know, if you can get Strom as like a backup bid, like you're trying to target somebody else, you put Strom in for a buck, you get Strom for a dollar. Uh, you know, the, the skills are there and let's see how the situation plays out. But, you know, it's, it's obviously being distributed all over the place. Uh, but Strom to me is an intriguing ad this week. Yeah. I've always liked Strom quite a bit. Um, I think I'm holding on to Robles for one more week. I'm going to give it one more week. I, I had a bunch of bids to drop him. I'm literally, as we're talking, trying to switch it to a different player and everything. Glad I could talk you out of it. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I, I, I don't think there's any clarity on who the closer is, uh, but Robles is the guy who's done it before and that isn't awful in the way that Matt Barnes is just awful. I think they wanted to be Matt Barnes for some reason. But it, that's clearly clearly not working well. And the um, issue with the issue with Robles is he just hasn't had the strikeouts. I mean, you look at his last; he's he's pitched one, two, three, four, five games over the past two weeks, and he has one strikeout. Uh, and he has four, you know, four and runs. So he's had some hiccups uh, within it. You know, I would say he looked better early on. So you know, I don't know. I I could see re- recency bias coming into play. It's like, okay, if you're not striking anybody out, what are you doing for me? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, the fact that this team has six different guys doing saves right now, it's really tough to let them go. Now, if this was one of these teams that had three, and I think I mentioned earlier, 22 of the 30 teams in baseball have three plus saves. You know, if this was one of those teams like Atlanta uh, or Arizona, I'd be like, okay, I'll let that one go. But the fact that saves are everywhere in this, it, if I'm in an, an AL only format, it's tough to drop. If I'm in any type of mixed format, I'm not arguing. I, I'm not going to defend keeping Robles. No need to. What, all right, so this is my my dilemma. I'll let you help me make the decision. Would you rather have Hans Robles or Chris Stratton? Oh, yuck. Uh, push? <laughs> push? It feels like Stratton's – I mean, there was talk that they were going to share the role in, in Pittsburgh. It feels like Stratton is blowing this opportunity. So. Well, it doesn't help that Pittsburgh has – You know, they have, what, nine wins on the season? Eight of the, the relievers, their starting rotation has one win. I think Bryce Wilson has it. Uh, or no, they got two. They had a second one last night. Thompson got one. So, you know, they're there. Uh, but the, the, the skills, they're sharing the role, but they haven't had this, again, they haven't had a lot of opportunities. So, well, Bednar got two saves this week, and yeah. Stratton pitched in both of those games. So, yeah. I think that they got to set Bednar up for trade a bit for trade, um, for trades. Yeah. Got to get him ready. All right, let's uh, let's move on and uh, talk about uh, George Kirby, who uh, in some leagues he was already available to be picked up. Uh, in other leagues, he was not picked up or not available to be picked up. He looked really good in this for in the first start. Where are you at on Kirby? How aggressive would you be in fab this week? I mean, he looked fantastic. But thing is, I, it's tough for me to get aggressive with him. Because you, there has to be some type of restrictor played on him. Has to be. You know, he pitched 23 innings in, in professional baseball in 2019, did not pitch in organized baseball in 2020, and then in 2021 through 68 innings. And he's already halfway there this year between AAA. I cannot imagine a 24-year-old Seattle is going to go out there and say, go. I mean, just look at it last year. Look how they, they kind of held – Logan Gilbert back as they did something. Logan Gilbert, I think, got to 115, 120 innings. But there's going to be some type of restrictor plate. So if you can, you know, get Kirby, enjoy Kirby, but understand that you've got to start planning ahead to replace Kirby at some point. Uh, that's going to be, yeah, you know, that's going to be the case. The other piece of it is, you know, notice he's had two starts and no wins. Seattle does not do a good job of offering run support to their starting pitchers. Um, they're one of the lower teams in the league in doing that. And we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, here. But when I look at the team run support for starting pitcher, they are below league average uh, slightly 3.9 runs a game for their starting pitchers. Uh, league average is four. So they're, they're slightly below that. But he's not working too deeply in the games. Two starts, zero wins. Uh, and they've let him go. Uh, you know, I, I watched, obviously saw the entirety of the Tampa Bay game, and it was uh, very filthy. He went four innings against the Mets, tougher matchup, and only had the one strikeout against the Mets uh, yesterday. Within that, but really took advantage of the uh, the Rays who go hunting for uh, hunting for fastballs, and uh, he just threw it by him, and then threw the uh, threw the other pitches as they were trying to hunt for fastballs. So uh, I can't get too aggressive, knowing that I may only get another sixty innings with him the rest of the year. Confidently yeah. get sixty innings. I'll let somebody else spend the money there. Hmm. You're you're kind of talking me out of it because I was gonna be pretty aggressive coming in. I think I'm still gonna be pretty aggressive. I mean, I think he could be a real difference maker. I do worry about how many innings in total he gets, but this is a Seattle team that wants to try to compete, uh, and they need help in that rotation. Uh, and he is a guy that I, I really love the command and control. I love the stuff. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I think he, if he can get the innings, I think he's a real difference maker. Uh, I'm I'm leaning towards putting down 20% of my remaining fab uh, in some leagues, uh, and I'm okay with that gamble because I, I do, like I said, uh, I think I said this on Tuesday, uh, I think he could legitimately be an AL Rookie of the Year candidate if he gets enough innings to kind of qualify for that. So Yeah, I like I said, I just don't, you know, if you look at what we say, 67 innings last year, you know, if, even if they doubled that, that puts them at 134. Uh, and that would be an aggressive handling of a, of a guy. So I'm thinking his final inning, you know, put a pin in this. Come, let's come back to it at the end of the season. His final his final innings total will be under 120. 
Mariners, Even if he stays healthy all year, it'll be under Mar- 120. Mariners are already seven games back in the division, which is really competitive between the Angels and the Astros. Um, if they want to compete, they got to make a move now. So uh, I, I don't. I, I don't think this is the year for them, to be honest. I think next nope. year is, is, is last year. Well, let's let's not forget last year was fueled so heavily on the one run game. How they they were like they overperformed mm-hmm. what anybody should do in a one run game, and this year it's come back to bite them. They have not done as well, and this is this is who they were. Just last year, it worked out in their favor, but right now, the one-run games are not doing them any favors. All right, I think I think I'm going to lower my bids a little bit. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna overspend, but I'm, I'm definitely going to say be this: aggressive. you should bid any, I and mean, people should bid anyhow. Okay, you know, Jeff Erickson talks a lot about this. You know, bid so in case, just in case nobody else does. It's like you're at least trying to enforce a price. So if you put you know, let's say you put an eighty-five dollar bid and somebody else did eighty-seven. Okay, that's money off the table that you helped. Yeah, you you did. But if everybody else assumes, oh, somebody else would go nuts, and then nobody does, mm-hmm. then somebody gets a nice bargain. So it's like if you get something great, uh, but you know, you should at least encourage some activity. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, next guy we're going to talk about is Alec Thomas. Uh, he made his major league debut. He's playing regularly. In Arizona, there's power, there's speed, um, and there is a decent hit tool there. Uh, how aggressive would you be on Alec Thomas? The, the frustrating thing about him is today he's in the lineup and he's batting ninth. <laughs> he's been in the lineup every day he's been up. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the encouraging thing. Every single day he's been up. Uh, uh, and so where uh, I would be excited because it's a weird team uh, with Arizona – you know, it's kind of an all or nothing offense where they have, you know, they've got their home runs. It's, you know, it's kind of a weird offense overall. The fact that Thomas has been in the lineup every single day uh, since his promotion is a good thing. I hit a ninth, not a good thing. But I haven't looked at the matchup today to see, you know, why they would do that. Um, yeah, I know they've been riding a lot of uh, Jordan Luplow high, depending on lefties. They want Luplow to get up there, and they've had a few lefties recently. Um, and it's worked out. There was one day they even played Luplow up there high in the lineup. Um, and people are like, oh, why is he doing that against the righty? He went out there and hit two home runs. Uh, so, yeah, these things can happen. So I haven't seen what the – what's today's matchup? Um, today, I believe they're versus the Cubs. Um, yes, they're, they're home versus the Cubs. Okay. Uh, and we have a uh, Justin Steele. So that would explain it. Alec Thomas lefty hit ninth and Jordan Luplow's hitting second. Cooper Hummel. This is what they've been doing. So with, with against lefties, Hummel and Luplo, they've been trying to get them high in the lineup, especially Luplo. Uh, and Thomas, if he's not hitting first or second, he's going to hit ninth. So it, uh, I'd be more aggressive. Honestly, I'd be more aggressive with him than I would be with Kirby. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be aggressive here as well. This, uh, this is a, uh, a top 25, top 30 prospect, depending on who you're asking. Uh, I think he has a pretty safe floor. Uh, and I, I don't see any reason why Arizona, if they're calling him up at this point, unless he really, really struggles, like, you know, uh, Kelnick kind of struggles, um, I don't see him going back down even when uh, other guys get healthy. Uh, so I think he's I think he's up to stay. I think he's worth uh, getting aggressive with triple-digit bids in your, your leagues with $1,000 fouls. And I would say this, you know, when you, if, as folks are looking at minor league stats, you know, I don't have all the uh, all of the answers uh, for this, but understand that the AAA may be using the same baseball, and for those watching the video, the same baseball as the major leaguers, but the conditions of those baseballs are different. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, all thirty parks have humidors. Not the case in the minor leagues. Your higher altitude parks do. Uh, In the PCL Thursday night, saw Odile Cruz hit, you know, going to Giancarlo Stanton territory with 121.7 off the bat and then another 114. Uh, but I also saw a utility middle infield hit an opposite field home run. Uh, and, if, and you look at the home run, the contact rates in AAA are much higher than what they've been at the major league level. Uh, so that's where I think the difference of the, the human or versus not human or in there. But I see it differently in AAA. So when you look at numbers, I mean, as you said, Thomas has got the pedigree, has hit everywhere. Uh, and the, the funny thing is his batting average this year in Reno you know, is lower than anywhere else in his career. Uh, but, you know, he's hit and has gotten on base at every single level he has touched. 
Uh, and so, and again, he's been in the lineup here and he's, he's hitting second lead off as coaches like to tell nine hole hitters, you're hitting second lead off for us, uh, setting the table for the top of our lineup. Right. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit, uh, I, it's just good that they're bringing them up. We don't see a lot of, uh, organizations calling up 22 year olds to come up and do this. We see, you know, we saw Tampa Bay bring up low and then say, you know, go down. Uh, so I, I, I would assume Thomas is up as long as his bat shows he can handle it. And throughout his career, his bat has handled it. Yep. All right. Let's uh, move it right along and talk about some two-start pitchers. Uh, Kyle Bradish, who was a big pickup last week and uh, was very, very good in his start, um, is uh, got two starts versus Tampa Bay, home versus Tampa Bay, and home versus the Yankees. The Yankees one's come first. How uh, excited are you on Kyle Bradish? So throughout this whole segment, uh, I'm going to talk about looking at something I've been playing with this week and looking at run support for starting pitchers. You know, because often we look at run support and say, "Oh, hey, you know, this team supports pitchers. This is good." Uh, and I would use the I would use the Yankees as an example of this, right? So I would say you know, the Yankees. I mentioned earlier about run support. Uh, you know, Seattle's at 3.9. The Yankees are at 3.9. Uh, and so that's right about league average, right? But when I look at certain starting pitchers like uh, Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole gets some of the best run support while he's in the game in baseball. Uh, his, his, like, uh, and the metric I just I used was basically I took the run scored while that starting pitcher's in the game, the same of the entire rotation, divided it times 100 to get you know run scored versus uh, run scored innings pitched plus. Uh, like Garrett Cole's a 177. And his teammates, Nestor Cortez and Jordan Montgomery, are in the 60s. So, like, he's getting that much more benefit. So, when you look at run support for your favorite team, you got to go in and look at that pitcher. And, and it's it, year to year stickiness, I don't know. But, like, Jordan Montgomery's had 23 no decisions now in his last 37 starts, despite Ooh. pitching well. Yesterday wasn't a great outing, but he's still, you know, the, the Yankees have scored no more than three runs in his starts in quite some time. Uh, and so you have to kind of look at this overall. And so one of the things I did in, in looking at the two-star pitchers this week was looking at how their run support is compared to their the rest of their team uh, and then look, looking at the average run scored by the pit, the teams they're facing. So in Bradish's case, you know, his run support uh, is 193. That's where he is. He's been that much better for a team that gives their starters three runs per game. So he's been very fortunate of facing a team that allowed that that produces 4.9 runs a game in the Yankees and 4.2 against the Rays. So we're talking about a one, a one plus run average difference between what Baltimore typically gives their starting pitchers and what their opponents are allowing. So as much as I like Bradish, no thanks this week. I, I don't see the chance for wins. He may get some strikeouts against lineups, but I don't say if you're looking for wins this week, I don't see a win in either one of those outings. Yeah, but if you're streaming Baltimore pitchers for wins, you're probably not doing it right. So I, I think that yeah. in, they're just not a good enough team. I think you're, if you're streaming him, you're streaming him for strikeouts. I think you can get those. He was very impressive in that last start. Uh, it's at home, which can't. it's so weird to me to think of Camden as a pitcher's park. It but really that's is. The way, that's the way it's playing now that they've moved those fences. So. Um, I, I think I would stream uh, Bradish this week. I'm using him uh, in the leagues where I picked him up last week. So uh, I feel better about the, the outing against Tampa Bay than I do the Yankees. Uh, the Yankees the Yankee, are, Yankee are could be a real could be a big. You could get gombered there pretty hard. You could. You def, definitely could. Um, next guy is you say Kikuchi uh, versus Seattle, getting to face his old team, and then versus Cincinnati. This feels like a must do, right? Because I mean, it's oh, he's, absolutely he's well, and this is these are great matchups. It is, uh, and he looked great last week. I picked him up on last Sunday night's Fab as two dollars. I was the only person who bid on him in my Roto IRC. I picked him up in preparation for this week because looking at that, I'm like, okay, he was a one start guy, but he's going to be a two start guy this week, and these matchups were on the table. Um, so I'm, I'm absolutely putting him in. I mean, his run support, he's at seventy seven. Nah. You know, below average, but his matchups, his matchups are three nine and four two. And the team Toronto doesn't. Toronto actually does not give their starting pitchers a lot of run support at three point five runs per game. And, you know, they just got off the shine with a win yesterday uh, after you know dropping five straight. But they tend to do their damage later in games. So 
not sure about the wins, but the matchups could not be better. And Kikuchi looked really good last week, so I'm pretty excited. Of all these two start options, I believe he is my favorite one this week. Yeah, mine as well. I, th- I think he's an easy two-start option. Uh, if he is available in Fab, uh, it's okay to become aggressive to get him because he's going to, you know, getting Seattle who uh, has struggled and then Cincinnati who's one of the wor- one of the worst teams in baseball right now is something you got to do. Except when um, they're not playing the Pirates. That's like, the, the you look at Cincinnati's schedule, it's like when they play the Pirates, they beat up on them for the most part. And then mm-hmm. they're like three and something against the rest of the league. It's kind of crazy. They're going to eventually have to play another team besides Pittsburgh. Do they, though? <laughs> we should have that. It should be like uh, <laughs> um, like soccer. You've been you've been relegated down. Uh, whatever yeah. I forget what they call it. You're down yeah. there. That's just that's what you're doing. You're playing you're playing each other the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bo Brisky is uh, at Tampa Bay and then at Cleveland. Any interest there? Hard, hard pass. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, Detroit is not providing any run support. Their starters are getting two point run, two point one runs a game. Uh, Tampa Bay is four point two runs a game for offense. Cleveland's almost five per game. Cleveland's doing really good things offensively, uh, and this is despite Frendel Reyes' struggles. Uh, so yeah, hard pass on Brisky this week. Yeah, he is currently striking out batters at a 12.6% clip. Like Cleveland makes a ton of contact. Yeah. So, I think, yeah, I think it's, it's really a... the Cleveland start driving the, the driving the no. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not like Tampa Bay is not good enough for me to offensively for me to say they're avoidable, but it's that Cleveland thing, that second start where I'm like, uh-uh, no thanks. Yeah, I, I think I think he is a um, an easy pass this week, so – um, next guy is Brad Keller versus home versus Chicago and home versus the twins. It's a good park to pitch in when you're Brad Keller. It is, but he's placed, he's still playing for Kansas city. Only, only the pirates. Yeah. The run support. We mentioned earlier, the, uh, Kansas city does not provide a lot of run support for, for their starting pitchers. Uh, and when you look at, I'm not like, this isn't a, I'm absolutely out on this. Like I was with some of the others, but when I, when I take a look at it, you know, Kansas city is 25th in the league with 3.3 runs per game for their starters. And then they're facing line of the matchups, 3.6 and 3.9. So it's like, it's even with realm of possibility. So it's like, I'm not targeting Keller, but if I'm limited on options, I don't mind taking the chance, but just understand Kansas city does a very poor job of generating run support for the starting pitchers. Yeah, they're not a good team at, at all. Um, With Merrifield, man, he has lost the ability to hit the fastball this year. The numbers are not good. I saw Corbin Young tweeting something out this morning. You take a look at it. I, I knew he's doing bad, but you look at that, and you're like, wow. It's hard because I mean, there's uh, Keller's been was really really good until this last outing versus Texas. You would have thought that was a pretty safe start. Um and yeah, but remember last year how he opened the season against Texas and they really they stuck it to him. <laughs> yeah, this is, maybe it's something about Texas um that uh that they they see him well for some reason. But um I think I would roll with this one. Minnesota one could be a little bit scary, but Chicago's lineup's not really f- that as frightening. But they did just get Andrew Vaughn back. Maybe I'm mm, this is hard. I saw Vaughn hit two home runs on Thursday night when I was there too. Yeah. I, I might actually in tens and twelves. I may actually skip this one. Fifteens, I think you you got to roll with the two start like this. So, um, Jake Odorizzi, our old friend, he is at Boston and then home versus Texas. Where you at on Odorizzi? This would be the other other favorite of the week. Uh, you know, Eggs has been pitching really well. Houston provides. Uh, he's getting above average run support um, in his games. Houston does a really good job of providing run support for the starting pitchers, and both of these matchups are below league average for team offense. Um, if not Kikuchi, Odorizzi would be the other favorite uh, for me uh, with this good possibility of getting two wins and some decent ratios here. Yeah, completely agree with you here. This is one of my favorite two starts of the week. I actually picked him up in a few leagues last week, hoping that uh, he'd line up for a two-start uh, last week, but if he got pushed like he did, now he's lined up for a two-start this week. So, uh, yeah, this is outside of Kikuchi. This is my favorite one as well. Uh, next guy on the list is Zach. Uh, is it Logue? Logue. 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 Uh, he is uh, home versus Minnesota and then at 
the Angels. That's pretty scary matchups for for <laughs> yeah. uh, It is. I mean, he has so far enjoyed. Oakland doesn't score a lot of runs, but they have given him good run support. Uh, but on the whole, Oakland is a very uh, supports their starting pitchers very poorly. Three point two runs a game. Uh, Minnesota's three point nine runs a game offensively, and the Angels are four point nine. Uh, that that's a no for me. Uh, I, I'm gonna pass. I have some bids on him in uh, in some 15 team leagues over in NFBC. Um, they're very small bids, uh, but it it's hard not to you know take a guy who just went seven scoreless um, in sign, lining up for two step, even though it's a tough two step. I, I just have the feeling this one could like blow up twice in your face. Um, and so if you if you're risk averse, if you're trying to be risk averse. Or if you're in tens and twelves, I think you find better options than Logue. Uh, yes, my boy Chris Flexen uh, on the road for a two-step. He is at Toronto and then at Boston. Uh, no way we can do this, right? So with Flexen, let me give you the runs scored in the games that Flexen has pitched. Um, April 11th, they were shut out. April 16th, they were shut out. April 22nd, he won. Game was four to one. He got the win. Next, April 28th, one run. May 3rd, zero. May 9th, zero. That's been his run support. It's been horrendous. Uh, and that's why he's one and five. Uh, he's pitched what he's pitched decently enough, but they don't score when he's on the mound. Now, his last outing against the Philly, we talked about how Philly was laying the wood to teams this week, and they started off this week by laying the wood to uh, Chris Flex and putting up six earned runs, nine hits, uh, two home runs and in five innings. And that was really his first bad outing. Uh, but, you know, again, Philly, after seeing what they did against the Dodgers, it's like, okay, we get it. Uh, so with, with Flex, it's, you know, it's a yeah, because it, like, he gets absolutely no run support. Uh, the team itself is slightly below average, but the two matchups he facing are below average offenses. So it's like a, a deeper lead to start. I, I don't mind taking the chance. I'm not, I'm not terribly confident this isn't a primary or a secondary or maybe not even a tertiary uh, target for me. But if you're limited in options, I don't mind taking the chance on it this week. Mm, I don't think I would, man. He He's given up a ton of hard contact this year. He is uh, hitting the ball on the ground less and in the air more. Uh, Boston doesn't scare me as much as Toronto do, does, but that Toronto – matchup like i feel like that could be another like six earned run outing and i think uh i think it's time to move on from my boy chris flex and i get i mean in, like you said in 15 team leagues you may not have a better option but right ooh, i don't know that you i should want be in your list that. of uh of waterfall bids right you know mm -hmm. you're looking like you didn't get this guy this guy this guy take you could take a chance i'm gonna say like i said he should be in the possibilities there are some guys on this list that we've already talked about that i'm like no bradish no uh Bresky, no, I was a no. Uh, there were some other guys that I'm going to be like, absolutely no. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm not ruling out flexing. Here's a guy that I kind of like potentially long term, but is definitely a no this week for me. Uh, Taylor Hearn versus the Angels and then at Houston. There you go. That's why. <laughs> He's probably yeah. the worst option this week because <laughs> uh, that is not, neither of those are good matchups and having to go to Houston. And Hearn, I want to say Hearn has already faced the Astros once. It actually did kind of well. Um, I know I have him in a um, one of my leagues um, and use him. But I, I like Hearn long-term, uh, but this is the week to go two-step in with him. Uh, yeah. yeah, he did face Houston, and he took the loss. I'm sorry, five innings, four runs, uh, and, and a home run. But, yeah, this is not the week to go two-step with him. He's pitched really well in his last two uh, major league outings. Um, including uh, last uh, his last outing against Kansas City, uh, where he allowed no earned runs on, in five innings, three walks, one uh, hit, five strikeouts. Um, I do like him. I think he's a really interesting kind of uh, sneaky pickup maybe for later on in the season, but there's no way you can start him against these two offenses um, uh, and, and not expect to just get completely destroyed. So that's a no-go on that for her. Uh, Taiwan Ty Walker, home versus St. Louis, and then at Colorado. Nope. There you go. Nope. St. Louis, good offense. At Colorado, no. No, no, thank you. Yep. Hard uh, pass. Uh, old friend Aaron Sanchez at Miami 
And then at Milwaukee, uh, for those who don't know, Aaron Sanchez is pitching for the Nationals. <laughs> you know, he I put him in like the Chris Flexit of a of a yeah, because you know, his one support, he's been he's received he, his run support is at 165 based off what we discussed earlier. And the Nationals do provide a lot of run support for their starting pitchers. I mean, 4.6 runs a game for their starters. Uh, and the two matchups are a 4-2 and a 4-8 as far as team offense. So it's kind of a wash. So, again, down in those waterfall bids, if you're looking for something, uh, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a maybe. Uh, he, again, not somebody I'm targeting. The Nationals are, are struggling. Uh, they don't. Their bullpen has certainly not helped them. And uh, your boy Patrick Corbin certainly has not helped them. Uh, but overall, it's 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 a matter of what offense is going to show up. I'm still struggling to understand how uh, you know Juan Soto is like two for the season with runners in scoring position, uh, and he's got one non-solo home run, I, I believe it is. So it's a really yeah. weird how they're producing runs, even though Juan Soto is that Nelson Cruz is is still in a slumber. Uh, but it, it's kind of a it's kind of a maybe. I can't really dismiss it out of hand like I did some of these others. He's had just a rough start to the schedule uh, for him. He uh, he started with back-to-back starts uh, against the Giants, then at Colorado, and then home versus the Mets. So Yeah, uh, that hurts. He, he does have a 7 ERA, but his uh, ex-fit uh, is 4-1-2. Um, this is like a Hail Mary type plays, like deepest oh, yeah. deep leagues, but... If you're in that situation, like there's going to be some NL onlys where he's sitting out on the wire, might want to take that gamble because Miami's offense isn't great. Milwaukee's offense doesn't scare me either. So, right. Um, all right. Uh, Wade Miley uh, versus Pittsburgh versus Arizona. Any interest in Wade Miley, old friend? I kind of put him in. I mean, he looked awful. He's only pitched the one game and really struggled. But man, at Pittsburgh. It's it's tough it's 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 tough to say oh he's just at Pittsburgh and at Arizona which we've said have has had their problems both teams are below average overall he, offensively he's, he's home mo- he's home versus both those it's, it's in Wrigley for both I I'm I'm, I'm kind of he's in the realm of possibility uh, if if I'm desperate and I need something let's say I lost uh, yeah I lost Lazardo I'm just trying to think through like I would consider him in a four I'm in an 18 team mixed league I'll tell you he'll be in my he'll be in my waterfall bids this weekend oh I I just can't do it like I know it's it's you know a great matchup versus Pittsburgh but Arizona's actually played pretty well this year uh every team in the wet NL West above 500 I he looks so bad in that first start. And I mean, I don't, just don't know how many innings you're even going to get on him if you're going to be able to qualify for a win uh, in both of those starts. So I'm, I'm staying away from Wade Miley. I'm just, I'm, I'm not, not going to, not going to play with that one. Uh, what about Connor Overton? He is staying in the rotation for right now. Vladimir Gutierrez moving to the bullpen. He is at Cleveland and at Toronto. No, thanks. Uh, you know, Cincinnati does not provide a lot of run support uh, at all, and the the matchups we've already talked about Cleveland that makes it tough. Sorry, my dog is having a nightmare or something here. <laughs> Louis, stop. Uh, and so that's where it comes down to me. It's like no, I mean the Cleveland starts tough enough, but it's not like the other matchups any better. So overall, no thanks. Yeah, he uh, while he has a one fifty nine ERA, his X ERA is four ninety one. Um, and he is striking out batters at a 4.24 K per nine rate right now. Uh, No thanks on Connor Overton, especially against these two offenses. Um, Bryce Wilson uh, at Chicago for the Cubs and home versus St. Louis. Any any interest there? Uh, Like I said earlier, one win on the entire season for the Pittsburgh staff. One. Uh, You know, he is – and the thing is – Wilson's the guy to get in the run support. He's got a 211 uh, support plus. Uh, but overall, they don't score a lot of runs, and both of these teams are above average offensively in runs per game. So I'm out on Wilson this week. I agree. Uh, Miles Nicholas, who's been one of the surprises of the early season, uh, at uh, or at uh, the Mets and then at Pittsburgh. Yes. Uh, don't like uh, – he is number three on the list of starts for me this week behind uh, behind Kikuchi and Odorizzi, but I do like Mikolas. 
because these are decent matchups uh, relative to the run support that St. Louis provides their starting pitchers. Uh, and so, yes, I'm going to take a chance on that two-step with uh, Mikolas this week. I am as well. What about teammate Steven Matz, who you hate? This will shock you. I will also say yes on Matz, but behind Mikolas, behind the others. Because, uh, again, the the run support uh, is there, uh, like it was for Matz. Now, understand last year I hated him because like he had a ton of run support, uh, and that's where a lot of the wins. This year that run support is normalized, uh, and his numbers have been bad. Uh, and I've tweeted out a couple of times where I'm like, good God, I knew I didn't like him, but I really didn't think he'd be this bad. But like this week in this type of two start, you got to take another chance. And maybe if he stinks again, you're out, you're done, you move on uh, with it. But I'll take a chance on both St. Louis pitchers this week. Uh, I will as well. I sat Matt this last week because he was supposed to pitch against my Giants again, and I was afraid he was going to get blown up and they ended up switching his start with uh jordan hicks so then he went up against the orioles so a little bummed about that but i uh, didn't have a great start either way against the orioles but uh last but not least um madison bumgunner at the dodgers and then at chicago some people are probably going to ask why is bumgarner on this list bumgarner was under 50 percent rostered in cbs leagues which kind of caters to 12 teamers so it's usually a pretty decent barometer for the average league. Uh, Bumgarner's pitched well this year. Any interest in Bumgarner at the Dodgers and then at Chicago? No, not this week. Uh, you know, he he's received poor run support uh, himself. The team overall has given him, given their starters poor run support, and he's got two above-average matchups uh, for team offense. So I'm, I'm out on Bumgarner this week. Uh, I, I have I, him in a league, and I'm benching him. I think it's hard to bench him in a in a fifteen team league, but I, I agree with you. In a ten and a twelve, uh, I would probably uh, bench him. Bungard's looked good. Like this is not like you know he he's not getting strikeouts. He's not a strikeout guy, especially at this point in his career. But the thing that has ailed him in the past has been uh, uh, command within the zone. Yeah. Um, and in the starts that I've watched, and I wa- I've watched a few of them so far, he's actually looked a lot more like a vintage version of himself. I don't think he's going to turn back into that, obviously, but he's looked a lot better at, uh, you know, the uh, commanding things within the zone. So uh, I actually have Bumgarner in a number of leagues this year, and I'm continuing to just kind of use him as a team streamer. He's not an ever-start guy for me, but uh, he is, uh, you know, picking matchups here and there. So. Uh, that is going to do it for our two starts. I will put that doc uh, that uh, Jason made into the show notes so people can go check it out. It's great work. Uh, Jason, remind everybody where you reached and what you're working on. So uh, the collect calls column at Rotowire uh, every week. This week's theme was this support plus uh, number I've been playing with just to, to remind people that all run support is not created equally. So I, I showcased here's the, here's the top 20, here's the bottom 20, here's the entire table. Uh, the table that Justin's sharing is just these pictures that we've discussed today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, it's, you know, it's just something I'm trying to keep encouraging folks. And you can find these metrics, by the way. These aren't secret. You, if you go into baseball reference, uh, go to pitching, go to the starting pitching area, look on that page, you will see RS slash IP. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, and they've got it by team and they've got it by uh, by pitcher. And if you uh, have some rudimentary Excel skills, you can download both Excel tabs uh, use the X lookup feature. Uh, and if all of this is going right over your head, just reach out to me on Twitter. I'm happy to like connect with you and show you how to do it. Um, X lookups, an awesome function in Excel, uh, that allows, allows you to do this. So I just put them in the same thing and go boom to boom and, and go through there. And that goes with, and I just see a question came in from Joel before we close. What's mm-hmm. up, dude? Uh, let's see. We got Herman Marquez or mad bum this week. Who do you go with? Well, I already said no on, on, Bumgarner, so I'm out there. Marquez, I cut in one of my leagues last yeah. week. Marquez is Giants and Mets at home. Out. Do I have yeah, to go? No. Do I have to go with one of them? If I'm going with it, one of them, I'll say Bumgarner. But yeah, if you have to go with one, you're going with Bumgarner. Uh, you, I didn't even put him on the list. I, I don't even know if it's a two start, but it might just be a one start um, for for Marquez. But I, I, this is why I do not like rostering. Um, uh, Rockies pitchers because well, it's like Paul said. You guys said a couple weeks ago there was like I can I can even tell you exactly where I was on the road when I was driving. There was a sentence like Marquez. I'm totally out on him. It's like mm-hmm. I'm done. It's like he 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 stinks at home. He stinks on the road. Whatever. I'm moving on. I'm done. Then um, I was on my way to a doctor's appointment. I can see exactly where I was. But I was like that night. I was like okay, doing my bids. All right, 
Marquez, you're out. Because I had taken him in like, I don't know, 17th, 18th round in a couple, but I hadn't used him in a couple. I hadn't used him in two weeks. And I looked and I was like, yeah, I don't like what's coming up. He's out. Yeah, so he is home versus the Mets on Friday is what it looks like. Um, no thanks. Uh, yeah, just 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 not not playing that game at all. Um, Senzatella is the uh, uh, is the two start for the Rockies this week against the Giants and the Mets. Definitely make sure he's out of your lineup if for some reason is on any of your rosters. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at Justin Mason FWFB. Obviously, you can reach Jason on Twitter at Jason Collette. Uh, I'm writing daily over at Fangraphs. Uh, do the Friends of Fantasy Benefits podcast and TGFBI podcast. Uh, as well, sign up for our Patreon. Uh, that's where you get access to every single live stream uh, that we do as we're doing it. Uh, every once in a while, like today, I forgot to make it private on YouTube. So if you follow me over on YouTube, sometimes randomly they appear uh, live over there. Otherwise, they're there uh, in their entirety after um, we're done recording. Uh, and we also do th uh, things like watch parties. We're going to do a live Q&A here uh, pretty soon. Uh, in the Patreon, so definitely Ooh. go uh, check all that out. And I, I talked to Paul this week, uh, uh, ranks updates. We're going to do an in-season ranks updates here pretty soon, uh, available for, for those uh, Patreon subscribers. So uh, for Jason and myself, thank you for listening. Have a fantastic baseball season. See ya.